Well, welcome everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode on leadership transitions. And I am so thrilled to introduce our next guest for this episode, Dr. Darian Davenport, uh, who's been such a mainstay in the Gettysburg community and will provide some great wisdom for us on our topic of leadership transitions. Um, and, and I'm I'm not going to formally introduce Darian because I'd love for Darren, for you to introduce yourself, to tell us a little bit um, about how you have experienced leadership transition, certainly recently, and that's somewhat of a new role at the college. Mm -hmm. So Darren, would you mind sort of sharing a little bit about yourself and uh, your current role and and how you would describe your transition in uh, what has been, for lack of a better word, an unprecedented time in Gettysburg's history? No, thank, thanks, Andy, and thanks, Garrett. Uh, first, let me let me first say I, I appreciate the time in, in virtual space that we get a chance to share and, and discuss this topic. A uh, really really important topic, and you know I'm, I'm not going to bore the audience with my, my full background, but originally from Philadelphia, I spent the first part of my career in corporate America, transitioned to higher ed probably about 13 um, years ago now. Uh, it's been uh, starting out as an adjunct professor for a leadership program, interestingly enough. Uh, so that that was kind of where I cut my teeth and just just grew. So I'm, I'm very familiar with leadership transitions, um, not only at the institution I was at before I came to Gettysburg, York College of Pennsylvania, where I transitioned from a director to an assistant dean to an interim dean. But, you know, here at Gettysburg College, where, you know, starting out in 2016 as the executive director, for multicultural engagement, which was a new role as we were transitioning um, the office from what was intercultural advancement to um, the Office of Multicultural Engagement. So kind of being the inaugural executive director to um, being a assistant vice president, um, which I I still am assistant vice president for college life in 2019. And um, more recently uh, serving as assistant secretary to the board of trustees. So my, 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 portfolio has has kind of grown where, you know, I had a, a really primary focus in the, the student affairs college life area and it expanded to, you know, also some oversight of the human resources function at the college, but also serving in the capacity um, with the board of trustees, uh, providing support in that area, which I, I, I enjoy um, all three buckets, <laughs> as I put, of, of my portfolios. Um, and I'll be honest, um, Andy and Garrett, I feel like my professional career in higher education has been one of leadership transition, which I've, I've been fortunate because I feel like people have seen enough potential in me to afford me opportunities to be able to grow within an organization. So that's part of the, the leadership transition piece, right? It's not just the actual movement along the continuum, but it's someone supporting that movement, right? Pouring into you. Um, and I'm a big person where I, I don't want to disappoint people. So if, if someone provides me with an opportunity in a transition, I want to make sure that I meet and exceed their expectations in that transition. So that's that's a little bit about about me and kind of um, yeah. you know how how I got to where I am right now. That's wonderful. Thanks, Darian. And I'm thinking about the the time that we're in here at Gettysburg in general. Right, there's a lot of transition. We uh, I mean, I believe you were instrumental in helping transition our newest president, President Giuliano, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and and also now helping transition potentially a new vice president for college life as well. A number of transitions happening at the leadership level of the college. But for our, most of our listeners, we're talking about 
lead a transition for student leaders. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think something that sounds simple, right? This idea that, yeah, you've been elected to a role or maybe you have formally been appointed to a leadership role, but how do you actually transition into that role successfully? That's that's really what we're going to focus in on here. And so, you know, we're just kind of wondering what are some of the components that you see as important for a successful leadership transition? So part, so part of that is also, you know, it's not only the onboarding that someone does of you, but it's how you onboard yourself. So in that context, you have to be open to being a learner. And I think that can be challenged as a leader, you know, when you're called upon to lead, you, you think, got to go, right? I have to go lead and I need to do all these things and I need to strategize. And I, and we forget that we um, should be open enough and vulnerable enough to be learners in that capacity. For instance, in my situation, I um, came in and I had a, a predecessor that had been a staple at the college. Um, it was important for me, not only in the transition from her to me and in, in the roles that I took on, was to really sit back and just listen and learn, to have an understanding of the the lay of the land, to have an understanding of how she navigated spaces so I can figure out how I navigate spaces, to have an understanding of the people that I serve. So earlier we talked about serving leadership, to have an understanding as a leader transitioning of whom I serve, the impact that I have in this transition. And that can get lost, um, Andy and Garrett. You know, when, when, when anyone's transitioning, there's some level of disruption, right? Sure. Um, could be good disruption or bad disruption, depending on how, how people digest it. But as a leader transitioning, you have to not only understand the impact that it has on you, but the impact it will have on people around you. So it's, it's really about being vulnerable in that leadership transition, being open to the, how fluid that can be, how that can feel, understanding that transitions to me, and everyone defines it differently, transitions... It's going to be new, which means there's there's potentially you potentially could fail, right? Or or experience some level of failure as you're transitioning, and you have to be okay with that as well. You're moving to something new, something that is uncharted territory for you professionally, or uncharted territory for you as a leader. So you have to, and I know we talk about that in leadership theory all the time about about failure, but but from a transition standpoint, you truly have to be okay with it. You truly have to be okay with it because th- th- it goes back to the fluid piece and the impact piece, not only for yourself, but also for the people in the world that you're transitioning into. So when when I transitioned um, into this role, I had to take into account what impact would that have on my colleagues in human resources that now I'm working with differently? Um, what impact would that have in an environment where I'm new to President's Council as I transition? What impact would that have and, and this, so we can't forget this either as we transition. What impact will that have on the folks we're transitioning from? Mm. And, and some, so sometimes when we talk about transition and we get so, so focused on looking forward, we have to understand that there potentially could be an impact for the folks that you're transitioning from. And okay. so how are you leaving the place that you're transitioning from? Are you leaving it in a good state? Are you leaving it on solid ground? Are you leaving it in the hands of capable people that you know will be able to kind of carry the torch of the work that you're doing? Which in this situation here, um, absolutely. You know, I have a phenomenal people that I work with in the OME. So in my transition, knowing that I'm one person with limited time, um, 
I, I knew that everything was going to be taken care of. I knew that the students would be supported because I wouldn't be able to be there as much. Um, so I know that was a lot. That's probably a yeah. long answer to the short question. But, um, you know, tra transition, it's 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 so dynamic and it's so multifaceted. It's just not this movement from one position to another. Yeah. There's so many layers and there are so many people that are impacted by that transition. I actually had a, a follow-up question to that based upon that. You, you talked a lot about the importance of uh, a candidate or a new hire being uh, willing to learn and taking on a supporting role. And so in your experience at Gettysburg and, and, and anywhere in your life, when you've been a part of the hiring team where you've been interviewing people, what are some characteristics, recurring you know, themes and their responses to your questions or backgrounds, things like that, that you find um, really helpful and, and being really positive impact on any leadership transition should they be hired? One of the biggest piece is, is making sure that they're open to the environment that they're transitioning into, right? So I think that that ultimately as a, as a leader who is transitioning to a new space, you have to honor how, you know, even if you're coming in as a change agent, you have to honor this space and how it exists. You can't just come in and scorch earth. You can't, you know, like that's not. So one of the questions I always try to get at is how, how good will some of these individuals be as caretakers of the existing climate, right? Or of the existing environment. That's not to say we don't want people to come in and change it, but this expectation that new leaders come in to fix everything because it's broken, that's that's false, right? That's not, like there's some things that, that run really well and that do really well, maybe they need to be enhanced. So how can that person really come in and be good caretakers of an environment and then help them grow? Um, that goes back to the point of impact, right? With this whole leadership transition piece. Sometimes we take an individualistic approach to our own transitions, um, understanding that we also need to think about the people that we're impacting as we transition. So that's one of the, I, I always ask the question about, um, you know, the ability to be a caretaker and really being new to an environment and how does a leader take their leadership skills and their KSAs, you know, and and fold them into an existing environment, right? How do you get to know an environment so you can transition well and persist as a leader? Like, that's really important. Because I tell you what, um, Andy and Garrett, I've watched some folks come in and, and they just say, you know what, I'm going to turn this into where I, I just worked. And, and it doesn't work, right? They try to make, you know, they're, the new institution that they, they're being a part of look just like their their old institution. And that just yeah. does, those are two different audiences. Yeah. So part of that is really just self-awareness, being introspective as a leader as you transition into those new spaces. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really important point, right? Not just to replicate what's worked in the past, because you're right, you're going into a new, new group of folks, um, a new culture and, you know, that fa famous axiom that culture eats any strategy for lunch, right? Absolutely. Transition um, will be, a, it's, it's supposed to be uncomfortable, uh, uh, you know, when you're, when you're going to a new space. And if it's not, you have to ask yourself why you wanted to transition in the first place. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what kind of, you know, I always tell folks, don't, don't be a, a person that's coming in just to mind the fence. Um, through that transition, right? Be be a person that you know wants to, to grow a space, um, yeah. but get to fully know it first before you decide you just want to blow it up or change it or different things like that. Well, that that leads to my next question, Darian. This this idea, I love how you know focusing on learning the environment first is important, but most likely someone's in that leadership role and undergoing that transition because 
there's an expectation that they have new ideas or a new vision or uh, at least a process to get the group to look forward to a, a new um, a new way of being. Any thoughts that you have on sort of how does a, a leader that's new navigate that balance of learning an environment and sort of building on what has existed, mm-hmm. but then also enacting a new vision or providing new ideas uh, that, mm-hmm. that could lead the organization. Any, I, any thoughts on that tension? You, you know, I, I think that in order for them to effectively be able to do that, that they have to be self-aware of what kind of leader they are, right? So if you don't know who you are, you're not gonna know how to be able to apply that in, 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 in a practitioner sense, in this environment. So I think, you know, before we get to that point of, of really executing strategy, we have to be self-aware and know who we are. Because if I know, if, if you have limited time to really get to know an environment, hopefully you get to know who the players are in that environment and then how you fit as part of that team to be able to execute what you've been asked to execute, right? So self-aware that like you have to go through the self-awareness piece first before you really jump in there and have to execute. And I tell you that the concept of duality is challenging there because there is that tension, right? Of I wanna learn, but I may not have time to learn because I'm a leader who's been embedded and I have to go. I just, I gotta go. Like this is this is what I have to do. Like there, there are expectations that I, I continue to move forward. So part of that is really, is, is communicating, is trying to find out who you are. Um, and then also I tell you what, um, you know, Andy and Garrett, it also is identifying what your weaknesses are and how the people around you can help supplement those weaknesses. Um, that that part is, is really important because it's hard to be able to move things from a strategic standpoint if you don't know who's good at what and who can supplement where you're deficient. Um, I think that, that part's important as well. Yeah, and I wanna to return to something that you mentioned earlier that as we were thinking about this podcast, we came to a little bit and you mentioned it as sort of the forgotten party, right? The, the outgoing leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about their importance in, you know, making sure that things are set and ready for the new person to take on the role and, and have this uh, good environment to, to transition into. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of that and, and what that looks like for an outgoing leader, whether they're retiring, transitioning to a new role um, or just leaving the organization, what is the ownership upon them to really make sure things are in place for the new person? Well, there, <laughs> you might not like this answer. There, there's, there, there's, there isn't any. I mean, to be honest, I mean, you would hope that they would do the honorable thing and make sure that, you know, the situation that you're walking into is firm um, for you to be able to be successful. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that every situation winds up like that. It just, it just doesn't. So you would hope. Um, so let me take, let me take two paths on that. I think as a leader transitioning out, it is important for you to make sure that your successor um, is, is set up for success and they have the information that they need. Now, trust me, I'm going to be completely honest to say I'm not the most perfect person, uh, you know, when it comes to that. I, there have been times where I feel like I've set people up well and times that I could have done a better job. So let me just be completely authentic with you in saying that and, and vulnerable in that way. Um, you know, the person that I followed here did a really good job transitioning me. But, but I, I think that um, one of the things that can't be forgotten in that, Garrett, is that when that person leaves, if they offer to be a resource for you, take them up on that. So, so as a leader transitioning, you know, it's, we always want to put ourselves in a space where we give it our stamp, right? Well, we, we, we talk about branding, right? So we want to be the person that comes in and, and leads with our brand as we're new to this space, we've transitioned to this space. But don't forget the folks that preceded you. 
Nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, they have information that's probably not documented that they kept here. They have some, some historical data that, that you probably will need. Um, they have the wisdom. Um, so why, why fall down a pitfall if they've already seen that pitfall and they can help educate you or help you to navigate through that, right? So, so those things are important. Again, you know, as you transition out, leaving things on solid ground, but as you transition to, it's important, just tether yourself to your, your predecessor. Stay connected with that person because they, they share wisdom. And regardless of whether or not someone goes to a new job or they, um, and I've seen situations like this, they, they either go to a new job or they retire, we almost, we cast them aside. Like the knowledge that they had and their ability to lead and, and the fact that they've been successful, like it's now it just doesn't matter anymore. And I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> that, that person... <laughs> You watch that person be really good at something for 20 to 30 years. I would think that you would want to learn from that person and yeah. how to grow within that, right? So it's so this this piece of transition is is again connecting and tethering. I think they're also, you know, it, it gets you to a point where the people who are impacted by the transition feels like there's some sort of natural bridge. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's it's and and don't underestimate, you know, saying you know, I know we did this and I, and I reached out to X and X said, this is how we used to do things because the folks that you're working with, especially when you're new and people don't know, right. You haven't built that level of credibility. You yeah. start to build it that way. So that's, that's, that's a whole other conversation. But as you transition to a space, how do you build credibility as a new person in that space? Right. And you can be a worker, you can hustle, but, mm-hmm. but it's going to be important as you transition to, to have some level of political savvy, to, to, to get the trust, why do people want to follow your purpose? Why yeah. do people want to be mission driven? How can you, you know, provide some level of underwriting to that? Um, that, that part's important, right? That's the part that we don't always talk about is, is connecting with people in that way. You know, you can, outlining a plan or outlining strategy is only as good as the folks that want to kind of come together um, align to move it forward. And I, and I think about, I watched the movie 300, like probably 300 times, <laughs> but, but, you know, they, they always talk about like the, the phalanx and the shield wall and the importance of making sure that everybody's like going in the same direction and, and it's tight. And, you know, like you can't have anything loose or you can't have anything that's lacking um, in that or everything else will crumble. Your metaphor of a bridge that you just used, I think is really poignant. And, um, you know, I think of a transition in that way. And I wondered, is there a way, perhaps it will be different for every leader, but is there a way to know when you've crossed that bridge and the transition is over? Mm. You know, I'm wondering if, if we can help our leaders think through, not necessarily when it's done, but when, you, when do you know that the, the frame of reference is not a transition, but has, has changed to more, uh, to a different level in the cycle, so to speak. Yeah, I would, Andy, I would say, I, I think you, you, I think you cross that bridge fully when you've either reached um, whatever accomplishment you've set for yourself or you've achieved your first goal. Okay. I, I think when you have, so when you, when you are in transition and you outline whatever goals look like for some people, they put a window of time on there. So they say, I want to do this within a year or six sure. months. You hear it. Think about the president. The president has the first 100 days, right? The president has his first 100 days. We put this timeline on it, but I, 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 
I'm I'm cognizant or, or I'm, I'm careful to not trap people into these frameworks of time because yeah. what if you if you don't achieve something within that span of time are you a failure because what are the external conditions that could have impacted that right so I think for a new leader to feel like they fully crossed that bridge um, part of that is accomplishing that goal or reaching whatever achievement and the confidence that builds off of that. But when you get to the other side, there's a sense for me, there's this level of confidence, there's this level of achievement. So that's why I align it with either achieving something or reaching a goal where a, an individual, you know, regardless of the level of leader, a leader can feel like I've, I've, I've made it, I've, I've hit that first step. I'm no yep. longer um, trying to transition. I have fully transitioned. But when you get that first accomplishment, you get that first achievement, you feel like you, you, we said, you feel like you've arrived, right? Using air quotes that the folks on the podcast won't be able to see. Um, with that sense of confidence, I feel like that is when people can fully feel like that transition period is over and then they can continue to move forward. So thinking about the student, student experience, you know, we have athletic team captains, we have club leaders, even leaders in the academic classroom. What, what are some things that organizations can put in place to make sure leadership transitions are good, they're smooth, and they uphold the, the traditions and, and the good work of the organizations? Commit two things. Um, you know, communication is, not, is always good. Um, you know, I think that that's just a staple, we, especially whether it's organizations or individuals. But the, the one thing I will say, um, you know, Garrett and Andy, that's really important is committing to being in a constant state of learning and growth. Whether, whether that's on an organizational level or whether that's an individual level. If you ever find yourself in a space where you're stagnant in that way, or you have this sedentary mentality, it, it's transitions become tough because you have an aversion to change, which will be an impediment to you being able to effectively transition in the first place. So I think for folks committing to being active learners, you, you have to, and, and, and I, I tell you what, in, in any transition, um, I don't care what level you're on. You, th there's no sense of like I got it. I'm, I, I got it, and I'm, I am the, the be all to end all to whatever role I'm holding in the history of life. There are billions of people. There've been billions of people. There've been phenomenal leaders for thousands of years. But some of the folks that I've had a chance to study, either in a more contemporary sense or historically, because I love history, they were actively learning. And whether it was learning from prior mistakes that they made, or maybe they were learning more in that theoretical sense where they were really like, you know, things were grounded in literature and they were digging in to learn and then applying them. Um, some of that is just being um, curious, right? And really being exploratory. Regardless of your approach or your vessel, be committed to learning. And, and that is one of the things, if I cannot beat that, there, there are so many leaders who don't take the time to keep learning their craft and keep growing within their craft and their disciplinary area because we get these things, we get these titles, we get some money in our pocket, whatever the case may be. And we feel like I've, I'm, I'm it, that's it. And everybody's gonna wanna learn from me now. That's not how it works, folks. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. like, like, like you have to be, and part of that is also um, how you manage your ego, which will open you up to being able to learn. Right. If you are stuck in this egotistical cycle to think that you are the everything to everyone in this world and the leader, you'll find yourself being obsolete because the rest of the world kept learning.
to the, to the, the leaders out there, um, all the wonderful students that get a chance to listen to this, keep learning. And I know that sounds ridiculous because you're in an environment where you learn every day, but when you graduate and you, you turn that tassel and you cross that stage and you get out into the world, the learning, you have to really seek it. Like you really have to pursue it. It's not put in front of you and it's not prescribed. So you have to really seek that learning and seek that growth in order for you to really be ahead of the game and be the leader that you inspire to be. So I'll end with that if that works for the both of you. That's great. Darren, thank you so much. Um, yeah, this is this has been spot on. <laughs>